welcome to the Fertility Conversations podcast. The goal of this podcast is to create more awareness about infertility and to provide support to people trying to conceive. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you will be encouraged. And now, here is your host, Ola. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Conversations. Today, we are joined by a lovely guest, Omomomi Madudutimi. Uh, she's the founder of We Love Her Foundation, which she started after experiencing a traumatic experience where she had an ovarian cyst rupture. Uh, we Love Her Foundation strives to raise awareness and educate young girls and women about their reproductive system. So Momi joins us today to share her experience and let us know about all the advocacies work she's currently doing uh, across the globe. So welcome, Momi, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. So to start off, we usually say, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay. So right now I do live in Houston. Um, I work for Ernest & Young as a data analyst and I'm usually very, I'm usually very, very busy, but mm -hmm. I, try to make, <laughs> I try to make some time. Over, but um, other than that, you know, I'm Nigerian, of course, Ogun State dad, Delta State mom, you know, I try to go back to Niger often, but um, yeah, that's about me. That's it. When was the last time you went? I went in May 2015. No, 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 no. May last year, last year. Sorry. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. May last year. No. It's, that's it's, good. It is current. Very current. And Houston is kind of like, I hear like more than three Blacks and Nigerians. So I think Houston is another quote unquote Basically. Nigerian. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many Nigerians here. Everybody call it Little Lagos just because it's, it's so many people here. Yeah, that's what I hear. Well, thank but you for being here today. Sorry? I say it doesn't compare going to Nigeria. No, no, I've been to Houston once. So I know it's, you know, you do have a lot of Nigerians. Well, certainly, yeah, Nigeria is okay. Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. And like, I do appreciate that you're really busy. So I know that it was really, uh, thank you for making the time today. <laughs> you're welcome. To make this happen. Um, so can you please tell us about your experience with the ovarian cyst rupture? Because I think we don't have a lot of awareness about that. And I'm not sure even before um, I heard your story, before I heard that, I'm not sure I actually ever heard about that. So it'd be great to hear your story and let's uh, get people having a better understanding of what it is and what to look out for. Yeah, sure. So um, around when I was about 21, I believe, um, I was working, I was like a waitress or something like that. And I would just have a lot of like mood, like mood swings and heat flashes, but I didn't know anything about it. Maybe I thought it was my cycle or something like that. So I just left it alone. And growing up in a Nigerian household, they really do not, they're not really open when it comes to like, you know, going to go get pap smears or anything mm -hmm. like that. So you probably have like, to explain this. I'm like, why do you want that? Yeah. So they're thinking, oh, you're probably pregnant. And like, exactly. No. And I don't know. So we both don't know. So, so I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm okay. You know, it's just, just a phase. So it kept happening. Then around 4 a.m. I just went to the bathroom you know waking up out of my sister's bathroom then I couldn't get up and I was just like it was such like excruciating pain and I was like what what is this like I didn't I couldn't get up at all so my sister woke up my mom woke up like they called 911 
then went to the ER, you know, and they did an ultrasound and they were telling me, they was asking me like, oh, um, if I was pregnant, I was like, no, I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? And because then they start seeing blood in my, you know, uterus and they, um, they, that's when they called a doctor in and they told my mom, like I had a rupture of my ovary and my mom doesn't know she's oblivious to it. And, you know, so it was just a shock. Cause it was like, how did this even happen? Yeah. You know, and the doctor saying like, it can happen to anybody. You know, a lot of women do have ovarian cysts, but it, it shrinks back down after your cycle, but right. mine didn't go back down. It just kept growing and growing and growing, you know? So that's when it ruptured or whatever. And it took one of my ovaries, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had an, I had a surgery that night. I was in the hospital for a month. Just wow. because of that whole situation. Yeah, I did not know this can even happen. I didn't know this was a thing. And my mom learned a lot because she didn't know. She said, you know, she she felt she kind of felt she felt bad because she she felt like she could have prevented this if it was yeah. getting like pap smear and stuff. Because you're supposed to start pap smear at like 16 or I believe. So this could have been prevented if I was getting, you know, regular checks, but she didn't know because she wasn't taught this as well growing up in Nigeria. So um all of this happening it was just like a big shock and I was just so scared to like even date because I'm like I only have one I don't know like I'm so scared because I want to get married one day but you know my doctor did assure me like since I do only have one I can still get pregnant but there will just be like I go for yearly checks to check on that one you know okay so yeah that's what happened <laughs> which is really good I'm yeah. so sorry about that about your experience because really what if you hadn't gone to the hospital because I mean I think we take for granted the fact that you had other people there and you could easily get to the hospital but for some people they might not be able to get to the hospital as quickly as they need to and to see that you actually had bleeding already internally so that could have been it was a lot like I was so scared I was so shocked I, I did not know this can happen at all yeah and then to not have stay there for a month yep wow. and I lost about like 30 40 pounds I was so skinny like I was skin and bones it was it was just really bad really really bad wow. so if you'd had pap smear or you know in the past they might have seen that happening or yeah they would have or- seen any abnormality or tell me to go get ultrasound just just to check you know or if I told them my symptoms, they'll probably order me um, an ultrasound. Right. So that could have been prevented because um, one of my nurses that was taking care of me, she said she's had a ovarian cyst, but they caught it. So they drained it on time before it ruptured. Right. So it's possible you it's very preventable for it to for it to not rupture, but you just have to be the one to be going to the doctor and getting checked if you don't feel well. Especially at OBGYN. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so during that whole time, of course, like you, you rightly said, people to think about ovary and think, well, that's where your eggs are being, that's where your eggs are on being preserved. So if that goes away, then that, that question is there, right? That whole worry about will I be able to have biological children or not in the future? Yeah, um, I, that was that was the main thing I was so scared about because I was like, I don't know if I needed to, but she said no. My doctor said you you can you can still have kids normal with just one, just, you just have to be careful, you know, just keep getting your routine checks to this day. And I'm 30 now, like I still go to the doctor 
go to an OBGYN yearly just to get it checked. I, I get pap, I get pap smears and then I get the um, ultrasound just to see if anything is on there. So, yeah. So during this whole time after leaving the hospital for a month, was there any support system? Did you come in contact with anyone apart from your uh, the nurse that mentioned that she had a cyst but had it drained? Was there anyone that actually had an idea? No, what happened? not at all. I, all my research, everything that I know now is because I researched on my own. No one I knew had it until I start opening up about it. I've had, then I've seen, I had friends that are around my age that had it, but there's an rupture. They caught it on time because of their, the way their upbringing is. So they go get checked and stuff like that. But I did not know like this happens, but then now that I'm getting older, it happens a lot. There are some people's cysts can be a size of a watermelon. Like, are wow. you look pregnant? And you're not pregnant. It's just a big sack of fluid in your stomach that just keeps getting bigger. And it just depends on your body. Your, your body can have a little one and it can still rupture. It can have a big one and not rupture. It just really depends on your body. Wow, we need to know that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's really... I, actually, I think I've actually had a cyst before that was drained now that you're talking about it because I think oh. I was trying to do it for, I was it was in the middle of a fertility treatment mm-hmm. and then they saw it and then drained it because I think this was going to impact the cycle or something um, oh. so I remember now vaguely that there was something of that but of course I, I never realized that it was even something that could potentially be serious or yep life-threatening if it wasn't dealt with properly or you know yep. if you ruptured that's so true yep so they caught, they caught it for you. That's good. Yeah, I'm telling you. But knowing how stigmatized anything that has to be fertility is, because real, reality is that, you know, you coming out and speaking about this is, is amazing and it's really brave. But the reality is that as well is that some people will still not have a good understanding of what you're saying. And to them, all they'll just see is, well, her ovary was taken out. Oh, that means she can't have kids, right? Like, you know, it's just... Especially Nigerians, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. <laughs> knowing all of that and what people could potentially think, why did you still choose to speak out and share your story? Because I feel like, oh, I'm about to, oh, I'm about to cry. Well, okay. Um, I feel like the reason why I decided to speak about it is because growing up, you know, I grew up in the U.S. all my life. You know, we have we have different type of tools that it's open for everybody. But having immigrant parents, they they don't latch onto the American mindset to try to better their child because they're 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 gonna teach you what they know. Mm-hmm. So this is why I targeted Nigeria first, that I really want to bring awareness because I this couldn't have been prevented if I had the education. And a lot of Nigerian homes or African homes, they do not want to talk about this t- type of topic. They just said, if you get pregnant young, you're getting out of my house. You're going to the <laughs> yeah. person's house. Are you going to get married to that person? That's it. They don't yeah. talk about everything else. They could be fertility issues. It can be cysts. It could be anything. But they don't talk about this type of things. And I feel like bringing awareness to it, even if I, even at the time, I didn't want to tell anybody. But now that I'm very open with it and I educate people, like even me dating now, like I'll still have to educate. They'll be like, so you can't have kids? No, that's not what I'm saying. I can. I just have one, but I can. But I just want, I don't want other young girls, probably younger than me at that time, to experience something like this and don't have a support system because nobody knows what it is. 
yeah. you know, or, you know, some people are so lucky that they'll have a system. They, they wouldn't even know, or it's, it'll interrupt anything. So that's the main reason why I really want to bring awareness to it. Wonderful. Well said. And thank you so much for choosing to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it is a really brave decision. Um, it is. Uh, it's like everyone's in my business, but at the same mm -hmm. time, I'm like, I've gotten a couple of DMs, like people, you know, asking for advice and what they should do, you know, and I was shocked because I didn't know it would bring that type of traffic, you know, and I was just like, you know, I just feel very emotional because like, and it's girls that's in Nigeria too. So it's just like, I'm very emotional when it comes to that because I was like, wow, like some people really going through stuff and they don't know who to talk to. You're talking to a pain <sighs> that you don't know anybody you know so that's the big thing well done and then you started we love her foundation yes what was the inspiration maybe tell us a little bit about it's the inspiration the reason why i picked we loved her is because we should be in love with ourselves we should be mm -hmm. in love with our our lady parts we yeah. should take care of her <laughs> like a baby just because you it's just this is all this is what we have this is how this is how we know that we are a woman. So this that is the, this is the reason why that I did pick the name, and it was just like I just feel like if my mom knew what to do, everything would have been changed. So it wouldn't be no we love her. So I'm I'm kind I'm like not happy that this happened, but the same I am because I'm I'm making a how can I say this? I'm making a voice for girls that can't talk. They can't yes. be able to express themselves or are ashamed to feel like they can't have kids when you still can just have at least one. So I just, this is the, that's the main reason why I, I wanted to do this. And this is the main reason behind We Love Her. Thank you. Thank you for We Love Her. You, you're welcome. <laughs> so what does We Love Her do? What does the foundation do? So what we're projecting right now is to have like, fundraising and try to educate girls and it could be in secondary school you know college because I know that in Nigeria they start college young so I want to I really want to base it in Africa first then move back to the states because we're kind of we're a little bit more open and educated about this so I want to start where a place that people do not know it's like there's it's not first in their mind you know so I want to start like, you know, rallies, fundraisers, and also talking in primary schools, secondary schools, colleges, you know, to bring awareness, give out like items, like, you know, sanitary-ish um, pads and stuff like that, you yes. know, and also try to, also try to like bring in at least 20, 30 girls to go get pap smears, ultrasounds to, you know, to see if everything is okay. Cause some girls that wouldn't know, they don't, they don't know what a pap smear is. And pap, pap smears are common in Nigeria, but they, a lot of girls do not know what, or get those. So yeah. that's what we're going to do as well. So. That sounds all amazing because we need it, right? People need awareness and knowing really young really helps. Yeah, and it's 7,000 it's 7, naira. So, you know, I was like, I can, let me sponsor some girls to go and get this done. Get your ultrasounds done. You just, just to make sure, just check. Check yeah. everything that you need. Well done. How can people support your foundation? So right now it's um we're we're right now um trying to open up an account in okay. over in Nigeria. So right now it would just be through my account right now, but it okay. will be all transferred to the other one. 
but we're still working on that as of right now. So through my email, you get details and stuff like that. But as of right now, it's through email. Okay. So we should put the details of your email and uh, in the notes for the podcast. And as well, can people also send you DMs on Instagram? Yes. My DMs are open. So yes. Okay. What about schools that want to work with you? Or how, do people just reach out to you as well by DM? Yeah, you can reach out through e- um, email or DM schools as well. But it's right now I'm trying to, I'm, I'm working on trying to get to get to schools on my own because I haven't gotten right. a lot of feedback from them yet. But I will try to reach out to like all girls schools or yes. co-ed schools and stuff like that to see if they're open for me to come and talk and give the girls some things, you know, so just, you know, so that's yeah. what I really want to do. It's something new. So it might take some time for people to have, uh, to, understand. to understand and be aware of how important this is. Yeah. But very once they do, it. yeah, once they do, they, they will definitely receive it well because it is really needed. We need to, if, if there's more awareness from when we're really young, then people are better educated and know what to do. Yeah. And it will cause, like, some people would even know that they're infertile, you know, so they'll say, oh, it's my aunt in the village. No, you're actually infertile because you don't get checked. So stuff like that. Yeah, that's going to take some time for us to understand the village people. <laughs> because sometimes it's actually subconsciously. I think as if you leave a Nigeria, you hear that a lot. Subconsciously it becomes, because, you know, sometimes things could happen. I could just be walking in the street and something happens about, well, what's that about? Is it the village people? <laughs> And then I'm like, why did I say that? What does it have to do? <laughs> what do the village people do to you? At this point? Why? Why are we talking about that? <laughs> but it's our reality, isn't it? So we usually just blame, blame. everything. We blame on the village people. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like living their life, my business, but we're blaming on them. No matter what, we're going to blame it on them. Yeah. This is the reason why this is not happening. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you need is education and awareness. So we know that perhaps there's still village people, but perhaps we also yeah. have a responsibility and yeah. about certain things that we can control. Yes. Yeah. Definitely agree. So definitely very important. But I, <laughs> I, but I definitely um I have talked to a couple of OBJs in Nigeria. Um and they're really open to it. So I'm excited to, um, I'm going to Nigeria with the summer and oh, getting to nice. talk to them and, you know, see what we can do in the future together and how can we get these girls to like at least 20, 30 girls to see how can we get them to get checked and everything's good and stuff like that. But yeah, it's schools too. So that's what yeah, which is for. amazing because, you know, you get to 2030, 2030 tells their friends, tells their family, then, you know, the word spread around and people... Yep know that this is important and it's something they need to do yep yeah so it would just be something natural that happens now that people are self-aware you know and it's just not what is it called lack of it won't be lack of education if everything anything happens you know you know you'll be more aware you'll be more conscious too exactly so with this whole experience having this uh ovarian rupture and staying in the hospital and you, you know, now doing so much research, educating yourself, starting this foundation. How do you say that whole experience has impacted you or changed you? Um, it did impact me a lot. I'm very, I'm very ca- cautious now, more cautious than I was before. Cause you know, we're young, reckless, you know, but now <laughs> I'm very, I'm very cautious now. And it, yeah. it just, 
it it's like a part of me now it's just i it, it matured me faster you know and i'm just how can i say this like i'm very i'm just um how can i put this it just it i think it helps me grow to this day you know um i just try to it's hard to say like i'm trying to say it but it's hard to say yeah you know would you say that it also makes you more empathetic towards the people as well because you, you just you just realize that there's so much people could be going through right and yeah. they have to go into what you did because no one is going to see you and think that you've gone through all of that at all not at all yeah so uh yeah i am very empathetic when it comes to other women that oh, reach out to me or open it to me i've gotten random emails they don't want to know who they are so you know, it's it really, I'm happy that someone could trust me enough to tell me what's going on with them and see if I can render any help to them, you know, and, and I, I really, I really love that, that is happening. So, yeah, because I, I don't think you realize the impact that you're making, right? Because right? people I, knowing that. I don't think I realize they haven't hit me yet. No, <laughs> no, you, you haven't, because that's why. <laughs> Because when people feel that when something happens to them and they see somebody else that is out there speaking out, being a voice, um, letting people know that this actually exists, owning their story and sharing it, and then giving back, turning their pain into purpose, it actually makes them feel less alone, makes them feel seen. So that's yeah. who you are to them, right? So yeah. people knowing that she went through that and here she is today, not ashamed, open, talking about her story, it just makes people feel comfortable with you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like a face to something like, you know, so yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it does. Uh, like, I do feel better when I do can help somebody because, you know, I just, I was like, oh, I wish I had somebody to help me like this too. But I'm like, you know, this, everything helps for a reason. And I'll take it as I'm here to help other women as well when it comes to stuff like this. So thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for you're choosing welcome. to share your story. Uh, anything that has to do with fertility is highly stigmatized oftentimes. So you being brave and choosing to share is yeah, appreciated. really appreciated. Yes, it is. It has been scary though, but I am definitely happy as of right now about this. Yeah, because it's not enough awareness, right? People, when people are not aware, when people are not educated about something, there's a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, they don't. The only the only thing they think about is having kids. That's exactly. It. Can you have children? Are you sure? Yeah. That, that, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. And it's like other things. Come on, like you know. So yeah, and that's why I think even you speaking about this and sharing is also going to pull that even the young girls' minds, knowing that there is. Yes, uh, many young girls would choose to be mothers and want to be mothers, and that's amazing. But there's all the parts of you as well, beyond yeah. becoming a mom, right? So yeah. I think also you sharing your story and having this education and awareness helps them to be aware of that as well. Because it's so important that people know there is more to them than just becoming a mom. Yeah. It's yeah. caring by yourself too, loving yourself as well. Yes. Yeah, because we even even for moms, we want moms to love themselves. We want moms to be very comfortable. We want moms to take care of themselves. Yes. Right? Because I've heard about postpartum depression and it's no joke. It's no yeah. joke at all. So, And it's crazy. It's been happening since forever because 
my mom says, you know, there's a term for it, that someone that has a kid and then goes, has a mental health issue. So even during her time, that existed, but they just thought, it's normal. It's okay. It's really they can't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, and, yeah. it, and it's, I wish there was more like facilities, you know, that can sit here and actually talk to women that go through postpartum depression. It happens so yes. often. That's why some mothers want to kill their child or kill husband just because of the, they don't know how to handle it. And there's no support system there for them to talk to somebody, yeah. you know? That's another branch I want to get into as well, but I'm not really important on that because I haven't, I don't have any kids yet, but I just, it's just, you know, I've, I just wish the, like, you know, there's more empathy for women in Nigeria because they go through so much yeah. and it's not, it's not been shown. Like they don't get the recognition they, they deserve, you know? So yeah, that's another thing that I want to work on. Postpartum depression is real. It's real. It is. It is. So. So I'm going to be praying for you and hoping for you that you can make this happen because we need it. Thank you. <laughs> I am going to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> we need it. We definitely need the support. We need more education, more support, more empathy, more openness. And people just be nicer and kind. Yeah. To kind others. people. Yeah. You never you know just what people are going through. Exactly. You don't know. You don't see it on their faces oftentimes. So. Yeah. At all. So you wouldn't know about me. And I think exactly. I mean, you know, like all gorgeous, nice hair, looking amazing. Thank you. No one is no one is gonna think, hey, you at some point in time been in the hospital being hearing that information and hearing that news and having to go through all of that and being in the hospital for one month. Yeah. No one is gonna know. And so you if you had chosen never to say anything about it, no one would have known. But then of course we love her foundation wouldn't have existed. Yeah. And all the awareness and advocacy work you're doing wouldn't be there so we thank you for choosing to speak out and sharing the story i really appreciate you for finding me and you know (laughs) talking i was so excited i was like oh my gosh finally like someone's giving me a chance you know you're doing amazing work i love this so yeah i'm really I'm, i'm really appreciative thank you thank you for being here and thank you for your uh agreeing to come on the podcast and share your story and all the amazing work you're doing. Uh, before we wrap up, any final words that you want to share before we wrap up? Um, no, not really. Just everyone just follow us and see our journey. Yes. We're new now, but a couple months from now, a year from now, we're going to be one of the top. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're going to be everywhere. everywhere. The voice, <laughs> the voice that we need. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much Amomi uh, it's really been amazing having you in here I've learned so much and uh, I'm definitely really excited about all the work you're doing and what you're yet to do uh, we definitely need more people like you in our society and across the globe sharing their stories owning their stories and supporting all those people um, thank so thank you for choosing to do all of this thank you, you really appreciate you and we look forward to having you again in the near future to speak about yes, all the yeah, all the other things you've started doing. Yes. <laughs> up, give you an update. You're gonna exactly. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us this week on the Fertility Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Fertility Conversations. If there are any topics you would like to have discussed, please send an email to fertilityconversations at gmail.com. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you again for listening. Take care of yourself and do stay hopeful.